Like I said, we have uh, Gilbert Manzano joining us tonight. Uh, Gilbert is an NFL and boxing reporter, but most importantly, for those who are into the Washington football team, he covers the Los Angeles Chargers for the Orange County Register. Uh, Gilbert, my man, I appreciate you joining us for uh, for tonight. Uh, how are you feeling? I know you said you got done a little bit early, so uh, I know I know the day's going good a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit, but this time of year, man, you know, being a reporter, week one, season opener, I got a bunch of stories I'm working on, you know, feature stories, previews, predictions, you know, you know how it is. People want content this time of year, uh, podcast shows, so I'm a little behind Swamp, so to kind of get done, get done a little early and maybe watch some of the the rival team there in Washington on TV. Uh, it's not a, not a bad day to end my Thursday uh, Thursday evening. Absolutely, it's it's not a bad day, and I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, well, first and foremost, let, let's get this in right quick, because Dre, you asked me this question before my mic started acting weird. Uh, let's let's talk. Do we have do we have Dallas or or Tampa Bay covering the spread tonight? It's eight is eight points. Where we at with it? I got eight and a half. I mean, I got eight. Dallas plus the eight. I got them covering tonight. I took the money line, um, Tampa Bay money line. I don't, I don't like the spread. Uh, I thought it was a little too big because Dallas can you make did this say game that before sneaky. Too. Yeah, it, it can make this game sneaky. But I didn't take a straight up money line. I just threw it in with a parlay. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, what about you, Gil? You got, uh, you got a side on this one, or you just want to no, see a good game? You know, I, I do want to see a good game, but man, Tampa Bay looks pretty stacked. Uh, you know, it's kind of harder running back in the NFL back to back years, but. The Cowboys don't have Zach Martin. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, I'm going with the Tampa side. I know it's a big spread, man, but uh, you're the defending champion. You're playing at home. You know, Tom Brady is, has not slowed down. So, uh, and we, we, we're not sure about Dak Prescott yet. He's coming off an injury as well. He hasn't played in a long time. So, I'm going with the Buccaneers right now. Hey, look, I respect it. I respect it. For what it's worth, I mean, obviously, people in the Washington football world, they're, they're, they, they want to see – uh, a Dallas blowout, um, or obviously getting getting them seen blown out on, on national television always makes them happy. Uh, I'm a gambler, and you'll you'll come to learn that about me uh, very soon with the NFL season starting. I don't give a damn who my NFC East division rivals play. I'm in it for the money. <laughs> I'm in it for the money. I'll tell you that. Um, unless they playing us, then we then we talk a little different. Um, so before we get into this Chargers thing, man, because um, I understand like COVID. I ask the reporters this every time they, they come through, um, the beat reporters. I have that opportunity to to do training camps and stuff, given my uh who I who I'm able to write for and stuff like that and, and, and work for in that regard. Uh but I, I I'm not on a beat type of situation, but I always ask for beat reporters and things like that. You all weren't around either for twenty twenty. Like the COVID protocols were strict, but you're back now. You're back. Um you're you're at your you're at your training camp practices, uh you're able to see the games. Um, you're able to, to watch the daily practices, man. How, how did, how did that, that year off kind of feel for you? But secondly, uh, what did you miss the most? Um, now that you are back, what did you miss the most about being able to, to see the games in practice? Man, just being around the players up close and personal and getting to know them. Like you can't really ask a lot of personal questions or, you know, we're going to feature about, you know, about just talking about them, about life, talking about away from football, you know, how's your family, how, how are you doing? Like the locker room was crucial for them and getting to know players from a different point of view. And then when you kind of build that relationship and get to know people, you use that for a store in the future. And I'm like, hey, man, remember you told me about that, uh, that charity you were doing uh, in July? Can we go back to that? Like, you don't get those conversations in the, in the, during that pandemic when you're, you don't have the locker room. And actually, we still don't even have the locker room anymore. But we're a little closer now. Oh, yeah. You know, we're a little yeah. closer, at least. Like, I, like I can see, you know, just, Justin Herbert's right next to me, right in front of me. Derwin James, Joy Bosa. So, you know, it's a little more of an interaction. They can, you know, they know my face. 
you know, the weird thing about Zoom, though, like they kind of know your name better because your name's on the on the on the Zoom panel. So they see your name. Oh, you know, that's Gilbert right there. Uh, but it's just kind of weird being through, a, you know, a laptop. So being close, you know, there's still a lot of protocols and, and things like that. But I think just getting back and I get to travel again, man, I, I didn't get to travel last year. Like I, I'm excited to go to, to go to Washington and see FedEx Field and, and, and see, you know, the fan base, the fans out there and the fans uh, for WFT. So uh it's a lot has changed for washington uh, since the pandemic a different name yeah. uh so saying wft is kind of funny right now no name yeah, uh, whatever what, i don't know what they're gonna figure out by, by the way those those options are kind of you know i don't know they're not really it for me uh but we'll see what to choose on, on the name but it, it's just been strange man to kind of you know deal with, with the COVID year and, and kind of slowly getting back to it not we're not really fully back yet but to kind of at least be like i i finally got to see justin herbert you know in person like up close like like a couple months ago, like I, I didn't realize how big this guy was. He's like six foot six. And I talked to him throughout a whole rookie year on, on a computer. So to be uh, next to player, especially the rookies, the guys that I didn't get to, because I've been on this beat for four years now. There's some new guys I haven't got to, I haven't really gotten to, spoke, to speak to. I remember I, I talked to Derwin James a couple of weeks ago and he's like, hey man, I, I missed you in the locker room. I haven't talked to you in a minute. So it was kind of good to, to, you know, catch up. And, and it's crazy because when you're talking to these players one-on-one, like, like the mindset just changes. Like it's kind of like a casual conversation. Like right now we're just chilling and talking. That's the players when you get a you know one on one in person on Zoom and you don't get the same kind of atmosphere. Yeah, because everything is professional. I I, for, for, I mean I mean obviously for for obvious reasons, but at the same time it's like they they look at it as obligation when you got to do those those Zoom things or or just pressures in general. But when you're talking to people that you you know you're just working on a connection or just just genuinely just having that conversation, a genuine conversation. Like they're a little bit more lax, a little bit their guard is down, but they're willing to talk to people who they actually trust and 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 people they can just speak with, and they don't have to worry about you know anything going out there uh, because of something that they said. So um, I get, it. I'm happy for you, man. I haven't known you that long, but it, I know I, I, a lot of people in your position to to be able to to cover a sport that they love and, and just be able to be a little bit closer uh, after this this co- after during this COVID thing. Um, it's, it's 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 a good thing, man. I'm happy for you, boss. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Um, absolutely. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the, the the Chargers and Washington football thing, man. So on a on a, I add, well, I guess I'll start with a, a broad level analysis. Um, when we talk about this Chargers and Washington football team matchup, um, in your in your opinion, what are some things you're thinking about on a broad level, broad scale? Uh, how Washington matches up with the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, no, the first thing I look at is the uh, offensive line against the defensive line. Like, we all know Washington, you know, it's going to live off of that front four defensive line. It could be the best in the NFL. Like, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, are they as good as Tampa Bay's, you know, you know, front four? Because, uh, you know, they're, they're the defending champion. But this team with Washington, Chase Young, Monte Sweat, Jonathan Allen, all the guys up front, first-round picks, everybody's assuming they're going to be the next up-and-coming defensive line. And they have chemistry from last year. They like Chase Young is not a rookie anymore. He's he's played really well. Now on the flip side, the Chargers, their problem has always been offensive line protection. Like Justin Herbert was running for his life last year. Uh, he was, and, which is crazy because those on the run scramble plays made him what he did. Like that, that made that made so many highlights for Justin Herbert. Like he created on the run. Like he was like a wizard out there. Like he was like Aaron Rodgers. But you don't want your quarterback doing these crazy plays. You want protection. So uh, the Chargers revamp. Uh, rebuilt the offensive line. They 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 drafted Rashawn Slater to be the left tackle. They signed Corey Lindsay to play center. Uh, so they got four new starters on the offensive line. But these guys are brand new. They've never played a real game together. They, they didn't even play in the preseason together. So 
you know, Chase Young and Monte Sweat, they, 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 they're, they're grooving that chemistry. They know how to play together. And this office, offensive line has never played a game together. So, you know, what kind of test, how do you kind of figure out where you at then facing the best front four in the NFL off the gate? So I think for the Chargers, if they could, you know, you know, withstand that, that pressure, they should be okay. But I'm concerned because it's the first game. There's been some injuries. Uh, Rashawn Slater is a rookie. I know he has history with, with uh, Chase Young. And he's kind of done well in college, but this is brand new for everybody. So I think for the charge offensive line, it could be a problem for them. So, Dre, um, we kind of talked about this. It's it's ironic because of the, the injuries that happened today with, with Baltimore um, in the running back. But we kind of talked about this uh, when, when we spoke on preference um, and preference being that, uh, you know, your starters or your key starters should or shouldn't play in preseason. Um, I was on the side of that. I don't know. I actually don't even know what your side was, Dre, uh, when these conversations took place. But I was on the side of uh, your players going to get hurt regardless if you practice or if you play um, if in preseason, things like that. Um, so it doesn't matter what the coaches decide. But if they if they want to get these starters some work, uh, to the point that you're making Gilbert that they weren't necessarily uh, the offensive line. They weren't necessarily uh, all cohesive in, in the sense that they're all they're just brand new as a unit. They're still learning together. They're still playing together. They have to understand each other. Um, my question, because I asked you a couple weeks ago, uh, my question is, is like, do you kind of feel that that was the right move for the coach to... Um, and I know your answer, but I want you to let the people know, like, do you feel it was the right move for the coach to kind of uh, sit these key starters out for the entire preseason and not let, let them see a snap? That was for me or Gil? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know what's crazy? I thought my mic went out again. I was I was asking Gil, but oh, I was yeah. just I was just I, I do want to get your I, I think I do. About, uh, Dre. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> for me. So no, I did, I did, I did, I did mention Dre. I wanted to get his opinion, but I was more so asking you first about yeah, yeah. Uh, your your yeah, your your opinion on this uh starters not playing in the preseason thing. You know what? I, you know, I'll lean into the side of not not playing the starters. Like I like I get it. You could get hurt in practices. It happens to the Chargers all the time. Injuries are are happening. Like right now with Baltimore, it's crazy to see so many injuries happening to them right now. Uh, so you can't really prevent them. Uh, but why not kind of you know increase your odds in favor of you of not having injuries and and let's be, let's, let's be real. Like the the preseason are for for guys who are, who are fighting for roster spots. Guys who are, who are brand new want to get a feel for it. Uh, guys maybe who are coming back from injury who want to get some rust off. So it, it's kind of a situational thing. So uh, I think with Brandon Staley, you know, the head coach of the Chargers, he came from the Sean McVay kind of uh, routine with the Rams. Where they kind of started this trend of not playing anybody. Anybody who's a starter, anybody who's good on the Rams was not going to play in the preseason. So Brandon Staley kind of took that and he, he realized, okay, it's not really a thing for Justin Herbert. This is not really for Derwin James. Like Derwin James hasn't played a game in almost two years. But he sees it every day in practice. Like, this guy's still really good. This guy's an all-pro talent. Why am I going to put him out there in a preseason game? So I think for the for the Chargers kind of point of view, especially at this team that's been kind of decimated with injuries the last couple of years, like, there's a kind of – the people are thinking they're, cur they're cursed out here. So why risk it in the preseason by playing these guys against, you know, second stringers and third stringers? So I think for Brandon State, I think it was the right call. Okay. Uh, and Dre, like I said, I did mention you. I, I just, I did want to get your opinion because we were on the subject. Um, did, what, where were you at? Well, first off, I would just ask you, like, um, how do you feel about the, the Chargers? Like, what side were you on with this starters 
Well, for me, not, not playing type thing. I, I felt like they probably should have got maybe a series or two of working pre. They they don't need to play all of the games. And the only reason I say that is because if you look back at last year when no one had preseason, everything that in any struggles that happened to everyone, it was blamed on. There was no preseason. So, I mean, do you want the guys to play or do you not? So, I mean, I think it wouldn't have hurt to put them out there maybe for like just even the last game or the second game just for a half, just to get their, the blood pressure running and all. But, hey, I mean, it could turn out to work in their favor. We'll see. I mean, no one knows until week one. That's when we start blaming or we'll call them a genius or whatever. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So, Gil, do you expect any rush, like, at least within the first couple of weeks? Um, or is this something that – because I, I do know – I think y'all took some scrimmages um, throughout the training, training camps as well. So, um, I'm not sure – I'm sure y'all seen plenty of repetitions the players have. Um, do you do you expect any type of rush, uh, or is this something that uh, they've, they've been worked out already? Yeah, you know, I am kind of expecting some rush for, for this team not, have, not having a preseason. But – you know, like you mentioned, they had, they had a couple of scrimmages against the San Francisco 49ers, and they, they went at it pretty hard. There. A lot of the starters were there. I know there was no Nick Bosa there uh, for the 49ers, but they had they had a pretty they have a pretty stacked uh, you know front seven that's pretty deep that gave the Chargers a lot of you know experience, and, and they gave them fit. So maybe they'll be ready for this this Washington front seven as well. Uh, but you kind of expect that all, even without even if there was preseason games, I feel like Week One is always kind of get the rust out. Like like there's there's no more vanilla plays. There's no more. Like, let's just play for fun content. This is a real deal. There's pressure. These games matter. Uh, you know, so I, I think there will be some rust. And I think both of these teams have uh, have have good defenses. Like, the Washington and the Chargers have great defenses. So it could be low scoring regardless. So it could be a long day for both offenses, uh, regardless of they play in the, in the preseason or not. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's get into some um, some specifics here. You mentioned offensive line already, Gil, um, and, and we know for for a couple of years that that has been their Achilles heel on the offensive side of the football. Um, they've invested into that position, obviously, to keep Justin Herbert right. Um, and in your opinion, I, you mentioned the cohesive part, and or or kind of like they're they're trying to get there. But how much better do you expect them to be at least this year? Um, because you know, we, we, you've seen what they did in preseason training camp, but how much better just overall as the year goes along, do you expect them to be this year? Yeah. You know, a year ago, a lot of people pointed the finger at the coaching staff, Anthony Lynn, and you know, you know, there is some blame there because they lost a lot of close games. I think they lost, you know, seven of their first nine games that lost, uh, games by, by, uh, by one possession. Uh, they're always in these one score games or they're missing a field goal or they're giving up a big third down and two minute drill. So, when it comes to close games, this team has been one of the worst teams, I mean, worse than the NFL when it comes to situation of football in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. The last two years, they, they've probably been the worst. I, I probably don't even need stats to kind of figure out how bad they've been. But uh, they let go of the, the head coach. And it could be a debate there because Anthony Lynn did a great job with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had probably the best rookie year of all time for a quarterback. So it's kind of weird that he got let go for that. But you really think about it, you know, it was kind of a predictable offense. He was running the ball a lot. Uh, and as we know, in today's NFL, you want to you want to pass that that ball pretty often. And when you have a guy like Justin Herbert, who has a strong arm, very smart career defenses, you want to push that thing down the field. Uh, now, the question mark with Brandon Staley is, you know, he's very creative, very innovative. He had a great year with the Rams. Like he, he, he turned that unit into the, the top defensive unit. Yeah, he had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But everything he's done, he's very creative, innovative, uh, ahead of the trend. And I think that's where the, char the Chargers hired him. 
And but the thing about that is that he's never been a head coach of the NFL. We've never seen this guy lead an entire franchise, special teams, defense, and offense. So I, I can't really tell. But just being around the guy, he's very smart. Like I feel like anytime he enters a, a room, he probably knows the, the most football from anybody. Uh, because this, this guy is just, you know, he's, he's, he's a walking encyclopedia when it comes to football. They last like 30 minutes, man. We can't get Brandon Staley off the podium because he's dropping knowledge. He's not afraid to share uh, some schemes and X and O's. And I'm learning something every day. I'm going back to my recorder like, oh, I missed that. Wow, that's pretty good because it's hard to keep my attention span for 30 minutes every time he's talking. Uh, so you would think coaching, they'll be better. And then Justin Herbert, year two. I know people say that when you change the coaching staff, and you're a young quarterback, you take a step back. But this guy, Justin Herbert, man, he, like we saw at Oregon, he was a 4.0 GPA, GPA student. And what he did last year as a backup quarterback without any starter starter reps in a pandemic, in a short offseason, to take the Chiefs to overtime and with one-minute notice and then kind of, you know, keep that up for the rest of the year. You know, he didn't have really much of an offseason to learn the scheme. So, And he had three coaches, had three head coaches at Oregon to, to learn how to, you know, you know, be do well in a new scheme. So I think when it comes to new schemes and new and a new coaching that just Herbert has shown time and time again that he's able to able to adjust. So I think overall, from looking at the coaching staff and and Herbert, I think the team should be better. Uh, but that's we got to play the games though. But I, I really think that you know at least for now they look better than they did a year ago. On the 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 Justin Herbert topic, um, you you shared a lot just now. Now. Obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert, uh, but I, we we know how good he can be. I felt like he was a top ten quarterback last year, um, production wise. I would ask you, at, at least for week one here, what do you think some challenges uh, that's that's going to be in the face of Justin Herbert? What what are some challenges that you think he'll be coming across as he as he faces up against Washington? Yeah, you, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the scheme, the new scheme. I know he's very smart and he could catch on very quickly, but it's going to be a pretty complicated scheme with different uh, personnel groupings. He's going to have, you know, two tight ends, three tight ends, empty sets, uh, multiple running backs, you know, you know, a bu- anything you can think of for type of grouping, he's going to throw it. They're going to ask him to put it out there. And if you look at the clock on Sunday, they're going to be running these plays pretty quick. Uh, it won't be a no huddle situation because they want you to, to kind of figure out who's going to be on the field at the same time. So if, if Herbert's struggling to kind of figure out where people are supposed to be lined up, which personnel is going to be going uh, and how fast the tempo is going to be, that could be an issue on Sunday. Maybe he'll figure it out by week two, but that first game, that tempo is going to be a problem uh, for Herbert. And on the flip side, from something from a year ago that he kind of struggled with was uh, defenses that disguise the coverage is pretty well. They make you guess, is this a blitz or, or are they going to you know stay back and defend? And Herbert struggled against the Patriots the Dolphins, the Bills, teams in the AFC East for some reason had his number. So if Washington's looking at that tape from a year ago, I know Washington's kind of struggling in the secondary, but if they're bringing pressure and they're disguising it pretty well, that could be a problem as well for Justin Herbert. Okay. Um, so one of the things on this offensive side about it we'll close out with is, is X factors. Um, you mentioned the offensive line, obviously that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing that stands out to you is obviously offensive line versus defensive line in Washington. Uh, but when you look at other X factors or possible X, X factors, that'll be on the offensive side for the chargers, at least in skill positions, uh, who are some of those names, if not, or multiple names, if there are, um, who are some of those names that, that Washington fans need to look out for uh, when Sunday comes Well, around? the biggest thing, if Austin Eckler can't play on Sunday, that's going to be a big problem for the chargers. Uh, he's missed practice the last two days. 
But what I'm hearing is precautionary that he should be okay. He had his helmet on today and his pads, but they didn't let him practice. So I think uh, Eckler feels fine to go out there and practice, but the coaches have to say, no, hold on. Let's, let's just kind of do it till Sunday. So if he's not playing or he's at 100%, then you might want to consider, you know, in terms of fantasy purposes, Justin Jackson is backup. Uh, but I don't feel too confident about Justin Jackson because he's been known for injury problems as well. When he's not injured, he's pre- he's a pretty good playmaker. You know, he, he's kind of similar to Austin Eckler, not as dynamic, not as explosive, but he is a, a dual threat who could, who could give you yards in the passing game and run between the tackles. Uh, you know, in terms of other kind of unknown players, obviously Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, are, are going to have monster monster yes. days. They're, they're going to be a problem. But again, going back to this kind of new scheme for the Chargers and Herbert, they're going to be spreading the ball around different formations. So I think that the tight ends will be heavily involved. Uh, I know Jared Cook's a little older now, but he looked pretty productive in practice. It's 16. Been a long time. 16 yeah. yards a catch over the last and two so seasons with New Orleans, he, man. He, he's he's still a playmaker. It's so like you said, he, he gets he extends plays and he's a red zone target. Uh, they have guys like Donald, Donald Parham Jr., six foot eight tight end. So uh, they, they have a lot of weapons on, on this team. And but the, a lot of the weapons are, are young. They're inexperienced. And, and this coaching staff is really relying on these weapons to step up because, like I said, they're going to have a lot of – they're going to throw a lot at opposing defenses. So if guys like, uh, you know, Parham and Justin Jackson and Larry Roundtree are, are being productive, it, you know, it could be a good start for Justin Herbert. Absolutely. Now, tell us this during James' uh, journey to this point. Uh, you wrote a story a couple of days ago. Uh, detailing his comeback journey after missing most of the last uh, two years. He's back, and at least for week one, uh, we as Washington football fans can't expect him to be all over the field Sunday. Uh, I'm going to give the floor to you. What's what's going on with Derwin James, and, and what type of impact can he bring to this defense? Yeah, no, by the way, I'm sure Derwin's really excited to play in Washington because his favorite player growing up is Sean Taylor. Uh, like that, That's the, the guy he idolized, and that's, a, that's who he kind of patterned his game to. So I'm sure Derwin wants to have a big game. And not just because of that, he hasn't played in over a year. Uh, he, you know, he had a, a torn meniscus in his knee, had an entire 2020 year wiped out. But I think for Derwin James, you should expect the same one from 2018. I know it's been two years and he's been an all pro at two positions. It's crazy to think that his rookie year, he was an all pro at defensive back and safety. And he still didn't win the rookie of the year on defense. It was, it was wild to me that he missed out. But uh, I think that at Derwin James, you should see that one, the, the same one or even better uh, for his fourth year. I know coming back from two major injuries could be a problem, but. I've been watching this guy in practice uh, for the last month, and he looks better uh, than ever. He, he's pl- he's playing safety, linebacker, cornerback, edge rusher. He's calling the defense now. Like this guy is doing so much for the Chargers, and and, and it kind of shows you how valuable he was because the last two years he hasn't played, and they they've been pretty bad. Like, I'm gonna keep it real. This defense this defense hasn't been that good the last two years. So when Derwin James is on the field, like yeah, they had Joy Bosa out there, but Joy Bosa needs Derwin James, and he'll he'll tell you straight out like this team needs Derwin James. So. Uh, I'm excited to watch him play against uh, Fitzpatrick and, 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 and Antonio Gibson and, and Logan Thomas and McLaurin because Derwin does it all. So he's going to be all over these matchups. So I, I think it's a really, really good test for Derwin uh, for his comeback game. Hey, uh, Gil, um, so I have a question. Uh, with Brandon Staley, you know, he's a guy coming off the Dick Fangio coaching tree. He just, um, he was with the Rams last year, I believe, with the number one defense. And what, 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 do you, what do you all kind of expect him to do with the Chargers defense, who was ranked 10th last year in the league? And who are some of the guys you probably expect to see have a, a, a different or bigger impact with a guy like Brandon Staley on that side of the ball? Yeah, you know, with Brandon Staley, you know, him being a head coach is, was kind of a surprise to a lot of people. Like, he's only 38 years old. 
He was only the defensive coordinator for the Rams, like you mentioned, for, for one year. But he made them the, the top-ranked defense in the NFL in one year. And this guy, four years ago, was coaching at Division II program. So he had a, a crazy rise to be a head coach. But the reason why he's, being, he's so successful everywhere he goes, his track record says that if you're a defense defender with any type of, you know, you know, I guess potential or talent, he's going to untap that and find that and bring out the best in you. Like a lot of players in the Rams, like it wasn't just Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. A lot of these players who were who kind of fringe players who have talent but couldn't really maximize it. When Brandon Staley came around, he he got career years out of those guys. Now you look at the Chargers roster, the, the GM Tom Telesco has been around for eight or nine years, and he spent a lot of first round, second round capital on defense. Uh, Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, uh, I, I could go on and on for how much capital he spent on defense, but a lot of these guys, besides the big names, have not, uh, you know, found that potential or at least kind of, you know, had put it together on the field. And that's why they hired Brandon Staley because he's a good teacher, uh, uh, you know, a good motivator, and he's good as a, as a defensive, you know, head coach. He's like a mastermind out there in terms of defense. So I think that's why they brought in Brandon Staley to untap Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, Nazir Adderley, uh, Drew Tranker, Tranko, Kaiser White. So, you know, I think the GM is banking on Staley to kind of help him out. I'm like, hey, I've got the draft picks. They haven't been working out. What can you do, Brandon Staley? So in terms of scheme and X's and O's, it should be similar to Vic Fangio and what he did, you know, Staley with, with Rand, a lot of disguises, uh, you know, different formations, position as players, uh, aggressive, rushing five, rushing six, uh, but also, I, I've seen him, you know, be kind of old school. He has three linebackers on the field, so you can't really tell what he's going to play. And that's what made him so good a year ago, And on top of all the teaching to kind of help the younger guys. So one of the things that kind of stood out to me on the defensive side of the ball, at least when I was looking uh, up about Staley, was just, uh, you actually mentioned it, the, the, the way he utilizes his defense. Um, and, like, what's the, the safety position, um, it's kind of kind of weird, not in a negative way, but weird in the sense that um, he uses these guys in two high looks, uh, two two high safety looks, but also uh, their their free order strong is used as that extra man in the box, um, and it's it's very creative because at times it's either the the free safety or strong safety getting free, or it's that linebacker that's getting free off to the the talent of the defensive line. My question is more so uh, pointed towards that defensive line in that front seven. Uh, how how strong is this unit outside of Joey Bosa, or is this uh, something where they're they're still developing? Is something that that may take a little bit more time, uh, but they have things going in the right direction. Like, what is your opinion on that front side? Yeah, no, defensively, I, I think maybe my biggest concern is on the defensive line. Like, I like the linebackers, like Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranko, and Kaiser White should be pretty solid. But outside of Joey Bosa on the D line, like they lost Melvin Ingram, who's now with the Steelers, like. Like it's a lot of inexperienced guys, a lot of inconsistent players. Like uh, the number two guy who was supposed to fill in for Melvin Ingram was Chandler Nwusu, who was a second round pick out of USC in 2018. But he's been very inconsistent. And then he shows up, shows up to training camp with a new coaching staff who didn't, you know, draft him. Like he wasn't really impressive off the bat. So they made it like open competition with Kyler Fackrell, who was kind of a special teams guy for the Giants. So can you really expect this guy to be your number two? So Fakro and Chandler Wusu were kind of fighting for number two. So I'm, I'm worried about that. And then on top of it, you know, they only have a fourth edge rusher because they, they, they only brought four for the 53-man roster. But that could mean that they're kind of high on their rookie, uh, Chris Rump II, who came out of Duke. He's a fourth-round pick, but Joey Bosa is raving about him. So maybe he could do something to kind of surprise 
and maybe prove me wrong about the depth of uh, the depth of the defensive line because right now I don't really, I don't see too many too too many guys that could be productive uh, next to Joey Bosa. But who knows? I could be wrong. But I do like the interior interior of the defense. Linval Joseph. Uh, maybe this could be the year Justin Jones and Jerry Tilly put it together. They kind of been a little inconsistent as well. But uh, Linval, he he's like a 12 year veteran. He didn't have any signs of uh, decline a year ago. He's still he's still a beast out there clogging up the lane. So. Uh, in, term, in terms of this uh, defensive line, they need to be on point because uh, Staley's going to be doing a lot of different things and, and, and bringing in Kenneth Murray to help out in the pass rush, uh, Derwin James as well. Uh, like you mentioned, it's going to be a lot of safeties coming down or, or, or moving back to the top. So I think it's going to be very confusing defense scheme, and that only helps you if you're, you're bringing pressure consistently with your front four. Absolutely. Um, same thing that I asked for the offensive side, X-Factors. Um, it can it can be also Duran James again that you mentioned, but X Factor or X Factors on the defensive side of the football that Washington fans need to look out for. You know, I'll, I'll go with uh you know with Kenneth Murray. Like like when you talk about this Chargers defense, you think about Joey Bosa and Derwin James right off the bat. But I I think Kenneth Murray could be that could be soon joining them in that conversation of, of and that kind of gives you three standout playmakers at, at all phases of the defense. You got Joey Bosa on the defensive line. Kenneth Murray linebacker, Derwin James in secondary. So I think Kenneth Murray, you know, struggled a, a year ago as a rookie because, uh, you know, Gus Bradley w- really focused on developing him as a as a coverage guy. Gus Bradley is now with the with the Raiders, but I could tell Kenneth Murray was was kind of frustrated because he's a physical downhill linebacker and he's going to go back to doing that now with Brandon Staley. He's going to utilize that you know that, that physical side of rushing the passer, going after the running back. So I think uh, you know Antonio Gibson and. Uh, and Kenneth Murray could meet plenty, plenty of times, but I mean, I'll give you one more because I, I don't know how he's going to perform, but Asante Samuel Jr., the rookie cornerback for the Chargers, he's going to be asked to play a lot. He's going to be the second outside cornerback when they go into dime or nickel packages. He got named a starting yeah, job. Yeah, he's a starter, right? uh, number two outside, and, and that's going to be asking a lot for him to kind of go against these wide receivers. I, I know Curtis Samuel is banged up for, for Washington, but uh, they, still have, they still have a lot of playmakers, and Fitzpatrick likes to go deep, so – it, it could be a, uh, an up and down day for for Asante, but if he's on point, uh, he's a playmaker and he has a nose for the football. So I'm kind of curious to see how he does uh, on defense as well. All right. Um. So uh, one more one more thing about the game, or oh, two more things, but two quick things. Uh, key injuries. I know you mentioned Eckler. Is there anybody else on the on with San, oh, San Diego, <laughs> Los Angeles that we need to we need to we need to think about in terms of key injuries? Uh, yeah. Nothing uh, crazy, but I'll, I'll throw out Brian Bulaga. He is on the injury report. He's been practicing the last two days, but man, he's been in and out of practice and training camp at least uh, with a, with a hip hip injury, and he and he, he's kind of slow out there. I feel like he's not fully hundred uh, percent. So if you lose Brian Bulaga, your right tackle, because you know Brian Bulaga ha- has this kind of track record of making it to the games on Sundays, but he leaves early. Like he's like, okay, my back gave gave out, or you know, I can't I can't do it today. So he gives you half the game. And then time out, coach. I catch you later. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you know, I, I did what I, I could. I tried. I was out there. <laughs> but but then that puts you in a tough spot because the backups have been struggling. Storm Norton, Trey Pipkin. So imagine if Bilal can't play. Like he's like, okay, I gave you 10 snaps. I'm out of here now. Now you get the backups going against Monte Sweat and Chase Young. And that could be a long day uh, for the Chargers. So if Bulaga is not right, then it could be a long day for them. But uh, so far, so good being a, being a full participant at practice. Okay. Um, prediction. It is. It is Thursday tonight. The day we're recording this, or the night we're recording this. Um, so I, I don't want to tie you down to this, but you kind of got to give a prediction <laughs> before you get off. Um, wh- who wins and why? 
man, like I feel like I'm gonna change my mind often uh, because yeah, I'm about to say that's why I gave you the little leeway, but, but, you know. But you gotta you gotta say something I'll, right now. I'll stick with it because uh, <laughs> you know I think it's like I, you see on the betting line, it's like a one point game. I, I'm kind of surprised the Chargers are actually getting that point. Like you're going, you're you're a real team going over there uh, for week one. I thought they'd be underdogs, but. Uh, if Austin Eckler, I shouldn't say if I'm gonna just do it. Austin Eckler, I think he's gonna play out there. It's precautionary. He he's a big part of this offense. You need Austin Eckler. So if you, I guess I gotta stop saying if he's gonna be out there, I won't backtrack. <laughs> Austin Eckler out there healthy. Uh, I think Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley kind of go in there and surprise Washington. And I think it'll be low scoring game. I'll say 20, 2017, uh, in favor of Herbert and the Chargers to beat Washington. Ho- hopefully your listeners don't hate me hate me for that prediction. Uh, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, luckily, you know what I'm saying? We we got the rational one, so we we understand <laughs> the game on a on a broader scale. And I'm not saying I think that the Chargers are gonna win, but I under they they understand why you think the Chargers are gonna okay, win. It okay. makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um so Gilbert, man, I appreciate you for joining us, man. You've been great. Uh, and the breakdown has been excellent just to help us out in understanding what we got going on against the Los Angeles Chargers this upcoming Sunday. Before we go, though, I want to give this opportunity uh, to allow you to plug each and everything you got going on, where the people can find you, where the people can hear you, uh, and where they can reach you. Yeah, work. man, so I, I got a bunch of stories like I mentioned this week. You gave a shout-out to my Derwin James piece. Thank you for that. Uh, so you guys could read that the Orange County Register or the Los Angeles Daily News website, or just go to my Twitter at gmonsano24. I got a bunch of season previews for the Chargers, so you can kind of get to know the opponent. Opponent. Uh, I had a prediction story, game by game. Uh, I had the Chargers being ten and seven. Somehow that pissed off a lot of people on Twitter. It's ten games. Come on, guys! I give you guys <laughs> victories there. Uh, and then I got I have a big Justin Herbert kind of feature coming out this weekend. Kind of like you know, like I was mentioning, how how can he you know you know, grasp this new offensive scheme and, 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 and grasp it quick at a fast pace without any regression to kind of set that, you know, you know, set that tone and match what he did a year ago. So uh, I talked to Justin Herbert's roommates for an inside look at how he studies and, and processes film. Uh, so that comes out on the weekend. Uh, like I mentioned, OC Register, LA Daily News, uh, follow me on Twitter at gmonsano24. All right, copy that, and and uh, when when that does come out, just DM me the tweet. I'll share, I'll share it on my side. Too. I appreciate you, man. Um, so so people can read it. Absolutely, absolutely. So Gilbert, man, get ready for this game. I appreciate you for joining us, man. And enjoy the rest of your no, night. No, definitely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That was fun and talk some football with you guys. And uh, best of luck uh, uh, throughout the season doing this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely, boss man. Take care. And there we go. There we go. All right, so Drake. Um, that was for ladies and gentlemen. That was Gilbert Manzano. Uh, good guy. Uh, really, really smooth man. He broke everything down for us. Everything that you needed. Everything that you needed to know about the Los Angeles Chargers heading to this game. Um, and Dre on our side. Uh, we're getting ready for a game too. Uh, Thursday night. Everybody's getting ready for game. I don't want to make it sound like we rushing, but it worked out that Gilbert got on a little bit earlier. I'll just say that. Right. Um. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and close this thing out, man. On on our side, who let's let's do uh like two ma- two things, uh two matchups that we're gonna be paying attention to on our side, and then let's give a, a score a score prediction. Um, two matchups personally. Um, first one for me is definitely gonna be Chase Young versus uh, Slater, the young uh, rookie offensive tackle for the Chargers, because listening to Chase Young today in his press conference he sounds like uh he's taking his game to another level i mean he's talking about 
the the counter moves he's learned. He's also talking about how he's going to be able to get off his breaks pretty quickly because of schemes. He he knows formations now. He understands that. I mean, it's, it's that's why they say football is a game where it's like eighty percent mental because you know yeah you can be physically talented, but once you really study the mental and get that down, you take your game to a next level. Even Jack Del Rio mentioned that. Chase looks like a completely different player this year. He was like, you know, he was super talented last year, but now he's added some things to his game that's going to take him to the next level. This is what, you know, this is what it gets me excited talking about it, but this is what people talked about with Chase Young as the generational talent, so to speak, because this is what generational talents do. Generational talents get better each year. I mean, I don't even think Chase Young's in his prime yet. So we got a few more years of that. So oh, absolutely I'm, not. Yeah. So, we, I mean, I, I am just, I'm really looking forward to just watching him in year two. And it starts with a big matchup with the rookie um, Slater. So the other matchup I'm looking for is on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it's going to be Fitzpatrick versus the Chargers pass defense. It's obviously, you know, Derwin James is the man. And, you know, he can now, he can just – uh, healthy Derwin James can disrupt the passing game plan. So you, I want to see Fitzpatrick kind of, you know, how, how he's going to react to this defense because this is going to show kind of what with the schedule we're playing. It's going to kind of give you a telltale of how the season is going to kind of go for Fitzpatrick, in my opinion. So that's the second matchup I'm looking forward to. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and piggyback on the – because Fitzpatrick was one of mine, so I'll just make that one quick. That was one of mine. So I, I think Fitzpatrick versus defensive coordinator – Ronaldo Hill, and obviously Brandon Staley, of course. Um, Fitzpatrick is going to be seeing a lot of different ver personnel groupings, disguises, blitzes, things of that nature. Um, and he's a veteran. He's seen them before. But at the same time, uh, when you're going against a defense uh, as good as the Chargers, who was, who was good before Staley got there, but now they're getting him on top of getting some of the players that they had that they, that they lost to the season back in terms of Derwin James specifically, and then adding Asante Samuel Jr., you're you're adding a little bit more versatility to that secondary. Um, and the secondary I already thought was the strong suit of that group. Like you always like when I told you all a couple of days ago, Dre, in that chat, uh, that secondary strap, like yeah. it is what it is. Like and, and, and you're adding pieces, so. Uh, we're gonna see if it's magic or if it's tragic pretty soon. Um, like, I think it's gonna be week one. We'll we'll know which one we'll see pretty soon. Um, and and he just has to be able to uh showcase that experience, but also obviously uh be be selective and, and patient in, in in terms of what he sees on the on the defensive side of the uh, field, whether it's pre snap or understanding who he wants to go with the football. Like everything isn't gonna be uh gotten in, in in one play, especially right. against this secondary man. So that's that's gonna be the first. That's the first. Uh, matchup that I'm actually paying attention to is how Fitzpatrick handles the looks and coverages and disguises of uh, Staley and Hill. The second one is going to be uh, Leno Jr. and Samuel Cosme uh, versus Derwin James and Nasir Adderley. Um, these are the two safeties for the Los Angeles Chargers. And the reason why I brought that up, and I also mentioned it in the questioning, um, it was just part of some preparation work. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was part of some preparation work that I had uh leading into this this interview with uh Gil and I understand like how how essential the safeties are just to how Staley loves to use his run fits um and the key for obviously for Washington a, a team that was 28th in the NFL last year in yards per attempt and 26th in the NFL in rushing yards a game you have to establish the ground game against this uh this this Chargers defense and the way that he uses his safeties um he uses his safeties Dre in a sense of where um if you're in a nickel base, 
he'll bring a safety down uh, at the last second to make it look like a 4-3 fit. Yeah. Or uh, he'll use his safety to make it look like a 3-4 fit. Uh, anyway, like he'll have he'll use that safety as that extra man in the box. And that's something that um, Washington is obviously preparing for. They're not stupid. They're doing that on their end. But the, the tackles, and not just the tackles, we're talking about the slot receivers who's going to be lined up at the Y or even inline tight ends. Like all of these guys have to account for these safeties at some point in time. But that's why the offense, the, the, the tackles is something that sticks out to me. Um, everybody's going to have their share fair of accounting for these safeties who are going to be coming into the box um, and accounting for that free man. You don't want that free man to come in and disrupt this passing game or I'm assuming this run game. So that's kind of where I'm at in terms of my matchups uh, is, is understanding where Durham James and Nasir Adderley is at at all times. Uh, two really good young safeties for the Los Angeles Chargers. <sighs> okay, let's close it out um, with game picks um, and or – yeah, game picks in, in the MVP. I'll go ahead and get this thing this thing started. Um, now, I mentioned to you that uh, Washington, it was either going to be a low-scoring game or a high-scoring game. It wasn't going to be like a, a NFL average, uh, which the NFL average has been around like 21, 22 points per game over the last couple of years. I think it's either going to be, like, like Gilbert said, either you're talking about 2017 or you're talking about 17-14, well, I think it's going to be high scoring 31 27. Mm-hmm. And if we're on the high score end of this thing, I think we're losing. I think if we're on the low score, the, the, the low end of this game, I think we're winning. Um, and because I feel like this, this, this West Coast thing is a legitimate issue for West Coast teams, I'm gonna go ahead and give Washington football team a, a, a victory against the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 20 to 17. Um, Washington football gets the dub against the Los Angeles Chargers, and the MVP uh, would be Chase Young. What was your MVP? Chase Young. Chase Young is going to be the MVP. Okay, okay. All right, so uh, for me, uh, score predictions are really hard, but um, I do think the uh, West Coast uh, thing is a big deal. You know, a lot of West Coast teams struggle when they have to play the 1 o'clock game. So I think that is going to be a factor. Um, now, to your point about, you know, it being um, low scoring, being in our favor, I do agree. But however, if it were a high scoring game and we were to win, then I would be off the rails optimistic about this offense. I'd be like, oh, shit, we can actually win a shootout with this offense. Like, because that's something I wouldn't have been able to say last year. So, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with, I, I'm, I'm taking us to win. Um I just think we'll come out really pumped on defense. With that's what it's going to boil down to. I think I like our defense better than I like the Chargers defense. Um, I think the rush is going to be a, with the guys like Her- Herbert and um, all. So I, I'm going to take us, and I'm going to say 24-16. 24-16. Yeah. Okay, I love it. I love it. All right. We feel um, so. <laughs> Okay, so and obviously Washington covers, and that's the most important thing. Uh, before we get out of the, before we get out of here, uh, stay tuned for the Anti Up Consulting official pick for the Chargers and Washington Football Team uh, Week One game. Anti Up Consulting has been on the Trap or Die podcast. They are real life friends of mine. They are gambling experts for those who are not familiar with gambling or even want to understand what gambling is, or if you are somebody who loves gambling and you want some analysis. Uh, follow Anti Up Consulting on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow their podcast, What's the Line? 
um, all these things. Uh, they have a pick for you coming up, and I will play it as soon as we end this. But also on the podcast, it'll be streamlined, so you'll hear it like in right now. <laughs> this week's Washington football team odds are presented by Anti-Up Consulting, where we have the best odds and wager plays in the DMV. This week, the LA Chargers are at the Washington football team. The Chargers are favored by one. The total is 44 and a half. We're going to back the Washington football team here. The great defense, a much improved offense. And the LA Chargers, who are still young, uh, second year quarterback, new offense, new head coach. And this is a team that did not learn how to close out games last year in the Chargers. So we're going to back a Washington football team. As far as props, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick over 23 and a half touchdowns for the 2021 season. Um, I just think in a 17 game season, Scott Turner offense, he's going to throw the ball much more. So those are your weekly Washington football team odds and player props. Once again, presented by anti up consulting. Uh, Dre, I appreciate you. Uh, are you, you got any games that, that you're, that you already locked in or you're going to, you're going to take some, you're going to take some things uh, when the weekend comes around in terms of uh, NFL games. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, so, you know, for me, first things first, it's going to be college football's priority first. So I'm going to see what happens this weekend. Um, I had a, I had a really good start to the college football season, then a rough Saturday. So it starts back again tomorrow. So, but I mean, obviously, I, I already told you I got something on tonight, you know, with the parlay of the Buccaneers and the Braves. But Friday night, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get my bank roll up Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. That's when I'm gonna really start looking into these NFL games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my plays in around eleven o'clock. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you need some help or you want some, you want some, uh, some, <laughs> some, uh, some advising. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm an expert. We can, no, we can just like consult you with each other. For me. It, no, 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 no. I, I had I had a hot streak back in October last year and everything went to shit afterwards. Do not I'm not uh-uh. I'm just here to I'm just here to advise um or give my opinion. But uh we'll talk we'll talk for sure. Um so I'm gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Uh let's go ahead and watch this game. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy ourselves for the rest of the night. See uh money line. You know what I'm saying? Cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Let's go plus eight Dallas. You know what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. We could both we could both win here, Drake. Yeah, right. I don't <laughs> care how much here. they beat him, um, I just beat him. <laughs> just beat him all right so uh with that being said i'll be back uh i think yeah dre if you want to tune in obviously uh, we'll, we'll talk but uh I, i'll be back for the pregame on sunday and postgame sunday um so i will see you all in a couple days uh until next time y'all peace peace